Zakir Hussain, thanks for joining us. I think we spoke about a year and a half ago around your Celtic Connections tour yeah, in Boulder. that was fun. How did that tour uh, overall? Uh, that tour went very well, and uh, as you might know, the record came out, and it did very well. And uh, now we are uh, going to tour again next fall, not this coming fall, but the fall of 2018. And um, uh, looking forward to coming back with that group around that part of this. Could you tell us a little bit about um, this, I guess this project, and a little bit about Rahul Sharma? Well, uh, this is an out-and-out Indian project. Uh, so it's showcasing how Indian music is performed in India, which is basically two musicians get together and play like uh, you, 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 over many, many years and decades, seen someone like Ravi Shankar play a concert with uh, Alaraka, my father. Uh, who was a tabla player for him, and uh, so it's a duo, and, and it's performed that way. And uh, what's interesting about that is uh, the music is not fixed. Obviously, it's uh, got some guidelines, and then keeping in, in line with those guidelines, you you create, you spontaneously improvise, and, and come up with uh, a form of music that, along with, uh, the musicians participating with the, uh, and interacting with each other, and the audience's uh, reaction to it uh, uh, creates uh, this music for the evening that uh, is more like a, a family affair, a confluence of thoughts that involves not just the musicians but the audience. So, so that's uh, basically what Indian music performances are about, and that's what we'll be presenting in uh, Boulder. Uh, one uh, couple of things about that is, first of all, Rahul Sharma is probably the finest uh, young master of this instrument, Santu. Uh, and uh, it's a matter of pride to have him there on the stage with me, because over the last 40 years, I've worked with his father, uh, and, and we played together. And uh, it's... Uh, in this day and age, it's very, uh, you know, uh, satisfying to see a young uh, man uh, take up the traditional art form of his father and, and, and face this daunting task of uh, having a, one of the greatest master, uh, like his father, and then having to better that and get somewhere with it. So in that sense, uh, it's, it's uh, a matter of pride to be sitting with Rahul Sharma and the fact that he's one of the finest instrumentalists of our country. Uh, <clears throat> the playing part of it is also a little bit interesting because when you look at Indian music having one very important fact in it, that is uh, uh, improvising, it uh, automatically injects into a performance the thought uh, patterns of a musician uh, which is inclusive of the environment in which he or she grows up and the kind of music he or she listens to and, and is influenced by and inspired by. So the music, which is Indian classical music, even though it's a traditional art form and has the, that basic uh, uh, spine of it intact, it uh, develops muscles which are much more, uh, you know, involving the present time. 
And so when when I play with someone like Rahul Sharma, uh, that's interesting to watch for me because I come from way back when, and my my growth as a musician has been with traditional musicians. So to see a young Indian musician have his own point of view and his own you know uh, catch on what this music is all about and have that happen on stage and to interact with that allows me to obviously have a fresh look at my music and uh, a little bit more growth for me as to where the music is <clears throat> moving forward. So mm-hmm. with Rahul Sharma, we will obviously start with uh, the traditional Indian raga, play that, but I would imagine that his musical sensibilities, which are inspired by, say, Bollywood or listening to jazz musicians or uh, uh, electronica or hip-hop or whatever he does, uh, uh, that probably will creep into his uh, uh, his presentation of, say, the semi-classical pieces or the folk pieces that he might rep- might present in the second half of the concert. And so it'll be interesting to watch uh, a young man's point of view on 2,000-year-old Raga and um, my interaction in, in, in that uh, uh, way. Plus, uh, see where the music is moving towards uh, and, and where the young men of Indian music are taking it to. So that's, in a nutshell, is what's going to happen. Yeah, I was going to uh, comment on, like, I guess, both of your you know, backgrounds and history with you know, fusion and jazz and various other uh, projects, how that would uh, creep into the, the performance itself. But I think you answered that question. Yeah, well, that, that, that's obvious. I mean, the, the lines are blurring between mm-hmm. uh, musics of the world. It's uh, normal for someone like, let's say, a great jazz saxophonist like Charles Lloyd to, to think about music in, in, a more, uh, in, in a form where there is no uh, fence between uh, the jazz sensibility or Indian classical music sensibility. Coltrane did that anyway. And Miles experimented with it, and John McLaughlin, and so many others, and and uh, so it's uh, it's gotten to a point where the ideas seem to kind of uh, mesh into each other in in a very uh, copacetic manner, and that's uh, great to watch and 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 see the mus- music evolve into a more, uh, uh, I guess, a universal uh, expression than it ever was before. Yeah, and um, that's great. Uh, is the, the pairing of tabla and centaur, is that, I guess, a, a common pairing of the instruments in classical Indian <clears throat> music? It has become common. Pandit mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Kumar Sharma, whose father, brought the centaur uh, from Kashmir to, you know, to mainland India. People were looking at that instrument and saying, wait a minute, this has no possibility of of bending tones or seamlessly uh, moving from one note to another without breaking the contact as Indian music requires. Uh, um, How is this going to represent Indian classical music? But over the last 30, 40 years, Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma has not only convinced the powers that be that this instrument belongs in Indian classical music, but, but also that it is to be accepted as one of the principal instruments of Indian classical music. And now, incredible numbers of young people have taken this instrument on and have started learning it. So 
now I have to treat this instrument in the same way as I would playing with a sitar player or a sarod player or a singer of Indian classical music. Uh, uh, it's not in any way uh, appearing to be different. It is uh, in in same uh, status or, or, or standing as any other instrument. And so my interaction with it would uh, be like that of uh, playing tabla with a sitarist or a sarod player. Yeah, recently we had uh, two Persian musicians in here. It was uh, Hamid uh, Saidi and Merdad Arabi. Um, Hamid mm-hmm. plays a you know Persian santur, and then uh, Merdad played yeah. the tombek as well. And it kind of struck me a lot of the the nuances. Well, you know, you're playing in a, a mode or a raga, and then you know the a lot of the the intricacies on the the tombek that uh, Merdad was playing kind of reminded me, you know, somewhat of again the, the same idea is developing developing the, 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 the raga or the mode and then kind of leaving space for the other uh, yeah. musicians to explore. Well, and, and then there's also the, the complementary kind of percussive aspects of both, both uh, instruments. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Indian music uh, uh, actually started this whole fusion process what, about a thousand years ago when uh, the Muslim uh, kings came into India from Persia or from uh, uh, Iran or Afghanistan, all these places. I mean, Afghanistan and various places like the Mughals, and uh, they brought with them musicians and uh, and uh, writers and Sufis and so on. and And these musicians and people uh, were taken by the way the Indian music was performed, and and it's it's a very special uh, spiritual quality. and uh, And so a new form of music emerged, which was a confluence of uh, these thought processes of Islamic influence and, and Hindu influence. And, and, and that music became khayal, uh, which literally means imagination. And the khayal, which is the, which is the form of North Indian classical music, which is now played by uh, you know, all the instrumentalists and sung by all the singers from North India, is the principal form of Indian classical music, and it's obviously a confluence of influences from uh, these different worlds and their uh, uh, interaction with Indian music. How do how do your um, I guess where do your ideas for your next uh, tours come from? How do these uh, ideas for projects develop? One, as I said, would be the Celtic tour. Uh, mm-hmm. At this point, I'm also uh, premiering. Uh, my concerto for tabla and uh, and a, a full symphony orchestra, and uh, so that's uh, something that's happening. Even through this tour, our Washington concert is one half Rahul Sharma and me, and the other half is my tabla concerto being performed by a National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center. So that's one project. The other one is uh, uh, Cross Current, which is, which is a combination of of jazz musicians like Dave Holland, uh, Chris Potter, uh, Dave Holland, the bass player, Chris Potter, mm-hmm. the saxophone player, and and musicians who have studied and nurtured and preserved jazz in India for over the past 60, 70 years. And, 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 and those jazz masters of India, and I'm bringing them over here and putting them in touch with uh, the jazz masters of this world and and see where that goes and uh, and have along with that me and another indian classical vocalist who's also a bollywood singer so brings more modern sensibilities in there uh, 
And so that's called Cross Currents, and that tours later this fall and also in the spring. And uh, then I have my Masters of Percussion tour, which I do uh, every other year, which will happen in 2019 spring. And uh, the symphony orchestras in Cleveland, in uh, in Toronto, and San Francisco, and Oregon, and Seattle will showcase this tabla concerto. So there's a hell of a lot going on. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, and also I'm writing a piece for Kronos Quartet. Oh, fantastic. That is going to premiere next spring as well. And... Uh, Another piece for a contemporary ballet company called Lines in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kronos Quartet, no, no stranger to Bollywood music as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, that Asha Bosle CD that it was. Yeah, wonderful. so the vocalist then is Shankar Mahadevan, who's a very famous Bollywood singer, yeah. joining us for the Cross Currents tour. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you um, kind of like in these uh, political uh, times, um, kind of the intersection of art and politics and kind of what roles do you feel like musicians have in a, you know, I guess political t- situations like we're experiencing now? Well, uh, most of the time the music, music community or the fraternity has had to look after themselves. Uh, rarely in, in America there has been the kind of support and funding uh, available to nurture and preserve an art form, uh, a, 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 a traditional art form. <clears throat> Pop music, that all takes care of itself. Uh, uh, so, apart from like uh, NEA or something, or Jazz Masters, even when you get a Jazz Masters award from NEA, it's not money or anything. The MacArthur Foundation, those are all individual uh, organizations that have taken the time and made the effort to be able to support the arts or recognize the arts. But government-wise, that has not really been that much that has, I mean, unlike in Europe, where uh, radio orchestras are maintained and uh, uh, concert halls are maintained and fundings uh, is allotted by state governments and federal governments, in Germany or in France or in Switzerland or wherever to be able to nurture the art foundations and the culture of the country and, 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 and keep it alive and, and, and well. So in places like America, that has mostly been done by the musicians themselves and the private organizations that are doing it. And I hope and presume that that continues and whether the, uh, a government gets involved in it or cuts whatever little funding they might already have in place for it, uh, it will, in my opinion, won't make much difference. It will hurt a, uh, an aspect of a certain corner of the music uh, that really does rely on it. Uh, students, for instance, who want to uh, have grants to be able to uh, learn or 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 uh, research, uh, they might be hurt by it. But musicians themselves, uh, who rarely receive any kind of support uh, from the government, will probably not uh, be um, be hurting as much. The only place it's going to hurt them is if the uh, big theaters in concert halls uh, cut down. Uh, 
um, funding that will allow them to present non-mainstream music. And and uh, what I've noticed over the this booking of my my tabla concerto is that the symphony orchestras uh, are suffering uh, a bit. They've had to cut down personnel and uh, try to maintain a smaller orchestra, or at times even not have an orchestra, uh, and or cut down the season into half or something. So that has been happening, but that is happening not because there is no government funding. It has been happening because the economy has uh, been in a situation where it's trying to find its way back uh, to be able to allow the companies to feel comfortable enough to be able to uh, provide funding for the arts, whether it's the Rockefellers or the MacArthur's or, uh, or uh, the Carnegie's or so on. Uh, they've all felt the pinch and, and because of the... Uh, you know, economic, economic, economic situations, but I don't see uh, that anything that the government has done has uh, or is doing has affected that aspect of music as much. Okay, great. Great. Well, you'll be at the Boulder Theater here in Boulder on uh, Sunday, April 23rd. Um, mm-hmm. And you have a bunch of, since we're a week and a half out, you have a, I won't ask you how the tour has been going because it just started. Just started, but it was yeah. great. Uh, we had a great concert in Ames, Iowa. It was sold out, and today is uh, also that. And and hopefully we're going to uh, get a little more comfortable with each other as our second concert. By the time we get to Boulder, we'll be tired of each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zakir Hussain, thanks again for taking time out to speak with us here at KGNU. Thank you very much, George, for calling. You take care. You too, and look forward to the show. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye.